Well, you ready for the next topic? So these come at us in all sorts of different ways. They're said in different ways, and we kind of pull them toward a common, common thread. And the next most requested topic, so we pull all these things together, had a lot to do with emotional health, okay? Like, how do I, how do I just keep myself emotionally healthy in the middle of everything that we're walking through and just in life in general? How do I keep myself? What do I do with these things called emotions inside of me, right? Because I, do I ignore them? Do I give them, do I give them platform? Do I, how can I be emotionally healthy? So luckily, like with every question we have, God's word actually has a lot to say about this subject. And so we're going to open God's word and learn together how to be emotionally healthy people, right? You ready? Here's the topic of today's message. If you're taking notes, write this down. Moods matter. <clears throat> Moods matter. And if you have not learned that yet, you will quickly learn in life at some point. Moods matter. You know, before you know it, if you're not careful... Some of you are smiling. I love, when I, I love when I go into a message and I say the topic and they're like, mm-hmm, yeah, well, here we go. I saw some of this happening. Hey, guys, careful now. I want you to not be in trouble on your way home from, from church today. Come on. Before you know it, if you don't learn how to properly address your mood, it can get the best of you. Moods can often, they can keep us from doing what we should be doing. Moods can also push us to do what we shouldn't be doing, right? So how many times have you had like a mood keep you from what you should be doing? You get up and it's like, I don't feel like cleaning. You guys learned last week that my spiritual gift is not cleaning and helping around the house, right? I don't have that divine enablement. It's very, it's very hard for me to do. I've tried to convince Tatum that because it's hard for me to do, I shouldn't do it, but she doesn't buy into that line of reasoning and I still have to clean up around the house, everybody. But, if I don't feel like it, like, how many, have you, what have you ever felt like paying your bills, right? Like, just get up, I just feel like paying my bills right now. You never feel like it. And if you just live life at the whim of your emotions, you're going to be in trouble real quick, right? Like, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like working. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, like disciplining my children. I've watched this happen over and over again. When families have more than one child, <laughs> By the time you get to like three, I have friends that have like, I have like seven. I'm not kidding. I have a friend who's seven. Pastor Casey Kendall, I'm talking to you right now, right? When you have your first kid, it's like you're all about discipline. Every, everything and you're loving them and you're correcting them. And however you choose to discipline, you're going to do that to make sure you keep them on the straight and narrow, you know. And you're at the park and you got a, a, a young boy and your boy gets a little aggressive with one of the other boys on the playground and pushes them. And you go, you sh- now, Johnny, you shouldn't push. If your name is Johnny, I'm sorry for picking on you, Johnny. He's probably here somewhere. Johnny, you shouldn't push, right? And you, and you help, and you, we got to love people. Why did you push them? What's going on in your heart when you push them, Johnny? What's happening in here? We need to get to the core of this issue, Johnny, right? That's your first child. Your third child, you're like, ah, boys will be boys, right? <laughs> I don't feel like getting up off this bench right now and going over there and deal with Johnny and all the drama, right? I don't feel like it. Mood, it's just, I just, I'm not in the mood. I don't, I don't feel like dealing with all of that right now. But friends, listen, careful. I don't feel like forgiving. Scripture says to forgive. I don't feel like it. Well, what do you do? Do you pay attention and give more validity to what you're feeling or to what God's word is saying? Come on, I need you to lean into this because there's a lot of us right now giving way too much platform to emotion. I don't feel like going to church. 
I'm so proud of you guys today getting to church on, on a three-day weekend. I mean, come on. I'm going to say about half of us didn't feel like going to church. But listen, that's because maybe you haven't been around citizens enough. I want you to get up and go, I can't wait to get to church. I just feel like getting to church today. But see, I can't let my emotions dictate to me what it is I'm going to do. So there's things we don't feel like doing that we should be doing. And other times, there's things that we shouldn't be doing that we actually do feel like doing. You know, there's sometimes... It's not what we don't feel like doing that gets us in trouble. It's what we do feel like doing that gets us into trouble. How many of you have had a season of your life where you, you just decided to do what you felt like doing? I'm just do what I feel like, right? How'd that work out for you? It's like you end up doing things that you regret, saying things that you regret, you know, uh, making decisions you wish you, you'd never made because you just were allowing emotions to, to win the day. So... Some of you, you are so, you are, you bow your knee to the demands of your emotions and you've become, you become a moody person. You guys know, don't look around. Do you know any moody people, right? Like here they come, I don't know what I'm gonna get today. I don't, what side of the bed do they wake up? Stop looking around, stop. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna get. Like, is this the, hey, let's go have fun, cheerful, joyful, God's on the throne, everything's gonna be okay? Or is this the, oh my gosh, they're angry? Or is this the, oh my gosh, they're, they're walking through uh, 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 the, the depression thing? Is this, I just don't know what I get. And so what happens is I need to tell you, if you're a moody person, you think you're being true, you're being true to yourself. It's just how I feel. You're being true to yourself. You're, you're forcing everyone to walk on eggshells around you. And that is actually a sign of immaturity when you just walk around doing whatever you feel like doing. And you just let your emotions run the day. It's a, it's a sign of immaturity. And so we all need to grow. Come on, we all need to grow. We need to understand what the Bible has to say about emotions. So let's have a little bit of a Bible study and, this, do some, and pull some practical out of it, okay? Here's the Bible study portion. You ready? You need to under, this whole thing's a Bible study, but you know what I mean, we're gonna dig in deep and then we're gonna pull out some applications. So the digging in deep, I want you to understand this, is that God actually gave you the capacity of emotions. He gave you e emotions. So this isn't a message on ignore emotions, shove your emotions, you know, sweep them under a rug, hide your emotions. No, listen, this is, you need to understand God gave you emotions and scripture actually commands Christians to have certain God-honoring emotions. Like there's things that need to be happening within your heart, within your, your emotional life that God calls out of you, okay? It, he wants you to, to allow to be cultivated within your emotions. So let's talk about a few of those. Psalm 100 verse two says this. It says, worship the Lord with what? With what, guys? Come on, say it like you mean it. Worship the Lord with what? Gladness, right? What does God want? The emotional, uh, you know, temperature of my heart. He says, I want you to be glad. I want you to, to foster that within your heart, to grow that in your gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So like scripture says, when you come before the Lord, this is what it looks like. Um, Romans 12 verse 15 tells us to have compassion. Watch, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. What is that? That's the emotional capacity for, for connecting with what others are walking through. Compassion, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which you were called the one, one body, and be, watch this, and be, and be what? Thankful. It says, What emotion needs to be cultivated in your heart? 
is the, when the mood in your heart is just this thankfulness. I'm thankful. You need to walk around going, thank you, God. Well, I got nothing to be thankful for. Yeah, you got breath in your lungs. Thank you, God. I got a roof over my head. Thank you, God. I, I got a family at Citizen Church that loves me. Thank you, God. I got small groups and friends waiting for me to meet. Thank you, God. Like I gotta, he says, cultivate that inside of your heart. You see, Scripture says, I give you emotions, God says. And, and there are certain emotions that I'm looking for to be cultivated in your heart. Cultivate thankfulness. Cultivate joy. Cultivate gladness, you see. You know, there's actually... A foundational mood God wants over the heart of a, of a believer. And you know, what this, you know what God wants in our hearts? It's joy. At the core of it, God, God is looking for us to draw our, our hearts back to joy. Psalm 19.11 says this. Psalm 19 says, or Psalm 16.11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of what? Come on, help me joy. When I get into God's presence, I'm overwhelmed with joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God says, this is what to, is to be cultivated in my heart, you see. Psalm, Psalm 98 verse 4 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. A what kind of joyful noise? In his presence is fullness of joy. When I get into his, his presence through worship, I'm making a joyful noise. What's that mean? It means when I walk into worship, I don't get to decide just to do what I feel like. I'm just not, not in the mood to worship right now. I'm not, I don't feel like, like pressing towards you. I don't feel, the Bible says you actually, watch this, it's very care, watch this very carefully. This is what we're going to look at over and over again so we understand this through our time together. You can actually walk in here having a bad day, walk in here swirling and your emotions just, and God says there's a way that you, he actually, it's actually commanded of you to, to change that within you. So see, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull away from this, whatever I was focusing on before and wherever I was, I'm gonna move toward joy and God commands it. God commands it. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with Praise. What is praise? Praise is you declaring out loud that God is good. It's, it's, you, it's you saying it even when you're not feeling it. And I, as I say it, my emotional state will, will follow. As I, as I declare what is true, what I'm actually feeling will, will follow. And I'm getting way too ahead of myself. I'm letting you in on stuff that you're not supposed to know yet. So God calls our hearts to a certain posture. Look at what Jesus told his disciples in John 15, 11. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you. That This is Jesus. This is the last moments with his disciples. I've spoken these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus said, let's look back at everything I've been talking to you guys about. Do you know why I told you all that? So that my joy would be in you and so that your joy would be full. See, he wants joy. You get it? He wants joy. He wants, say it with me, church, joy all up inside our hearts. And so that doesn't mean that I'm not going to face hard times. It doesn't mean that I'm, I, I can't grieve. The Bible says that, that when we grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope, right? So I'm going to grieve. It hurts when I lose a loved one. It hurts when I, when I walk through difficult times. But the Bible says that when we grieve, believer, when you grieve, you grieve different. 
I don't grieve as those who don't have hope. See, I have hope. Although this hurts, I'm gonna see him again in heaven. All this hurts, Jesus is gonna be present with me, walking with me through the hurt. With, although, although this is confusing and I don't know what to do, the one who does know what to do is with me in the middle of all that I don't know what to do. So I can, even when I grieve, be undergirded with just this joy. It's a, it's a foundation inside of me, right? A deep down conviction that all is well, no matter what the circumstance. Joy. Here's the problem. Is that our hearts are not only capable of things that honor and please God, that he calls our hearts to. Your heart, some of you don't know this about your heart. I'm going to teach you about your heart. Your heart is actually capable of emotions, of, of passions that don't honor God and don't please God. They're capable of things that can pull us in the wrong direction. Things that rob us, here's what, that rob us of the joy. Come on, God said have joy. So now watch. These other emotions will try to pull you from joy. Try to pull you from your stance. Well, Galatians chapter 5, right? I didn't have it for the screen. But Galatians 5, 20, 21, Paul lists these, these feelings, these emotions. Hostility. Jealousy, rage, envy. They're all these emotions that we should not let get into our hearts. Or that when are in our hearts, we need to address, have some countermeasures to help get them out of our hearts, okay? So he's saying there's some things that could happen inside of you that shouldn't be happening inside of you. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 says this. Watch this. Very interesting. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Watch what it says. To make you obey its passions. How does sin show up inside of you? Sometimes it shows up as an emotion, as a passion, as a, as a pull emotionally towards something that you're not supposed to be walking toward. It's going gonna, it's gonna to grab your emotion. And when, you're, when you don't have maturity to recognize this is not a healthy emotion, you give yourself to the emotion. And you find yourself obeying the passions of your own sin. It's off, you see. So to live an emotionally healthy life, you ready? Here's how, what we have to do. Here's what scripture teaches us to do. How do we deal with this thing that is so fickle inside of us? Write it down, ready? You're going to be glad you came to church today. Practice self-control. Hey, aren't you glad? You're glad you came to church. I'm so glad I came to church today. What did I learn? Pastor said, I got to go practice self-control. You don't even like that word. You don't want to talk about self-control. But I'm telling you, if you are going to learn to be emotionally healthy, which is so important in this season that we find ourselves walking in, if you're going to be stable in the middle of what, if you're going to move toward what the Bible defines as maturity, you've got to start here. Come on, everybody. Listen, you've got to learn to practice self-control. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 say this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, he's going to call you into self-control. What does it mean? Control yourself. It means when your emotions are surging in a certain direction, you don't have to obey them. You can control them. You don't have to follow them. You can confront them, right? He says you've got to learn Self-control. So just because I feel like giving up doesn't mean I have to. Just because I feel like giving in doesn't mean I have to. Just because I, 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 I feel like blowing up, just because I, I feel, I don't, it doesn't mean I have to. You see? 
because I can start to practice self-control. You've heard people say, just follow your heart. What should I do? I don't know. I'm so confused. I met this guy. I met this guy. He's just always, and I just told you because he's not a, he's not a Christian yet. And I don't know because I, people advice, just, just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. <laughs> like, like it is just wild to me that we tell ourselves to submit ourselves to the thing inside of us that's just so fickle, that, that gets blinded. Like, you're just so bought into this guy, you know. He brought me flowers, and he, he just, he texted me that he loves me, and, you know, and it's like, yeah, but he don't know Jesus, and he has no momentum, and he wakes up in the morning and plays video games all day, and he like, like where's your head? I don't know. He just, the way he holds me, it's like, girl, right? There's a truth in this that you're not seeing because your emotions are actually blinding you from what we all see. That's why, like, it just as a tip, this isn't even my notes, I'm just going to give this to you. Like, if you want to know he's a good guy for you, girls, you want to you know that our guys, you want to know if she's a good girl, ask, like, ask your community. Ask the people who love you enough to tell you the things that you don't see because you're so just emotionally, like, be careful. See, Follow your heart. No, don't, don't care. Don't follow, don't follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, watch. Here's why, don't follow your heart. I don't know if you knew this about your heart. Your heart is deceitful above all things and beyond a cure. Who can know it? Like your heart is so fickle and Bible says it's deceitful. What's it? it can deceive you. In other words, it can lie to you. I just didn't feel, I talked to so many people, like, why are you walking down that way? I just feel, I just feel, and you talk to people, and they, they, they start their sentences with, I just feel like, and going, oh my goodness, we're in danger. Because you are, you're making a decision off of an emotion, a feeling that comes out of a deceitful heart. So why are you making all these life decisions based on what you're feeling. Watch, friends, watch. You need to be so careful because your emotions will, can and will lie to you. And listen, please. I'm not saying ignore all your emotions, tuck all your emotions. I'm gonna tell you how to handle your emotions and what to do with them. But here's, let me tell you what not to do with them. Don't just hook, line, and sinker, follow them. Just because you feel like something is truth doesn't mean it is. Just because you, you feel like something is right doesn't mean it always is. And the enemy at times can, can feed our emotions one thing. So you feel like, you, like you're not going to make it when God says over you, I got you and I'm going to pull you through it. Right? So what do I believe? What my feelings are telling me or the promise spoken over me? My feelings are pulling me away from the promise. Well, what am I going to hold on to? The promise? Do I... Do I hold on to, watch this, listen to me very closely. Do I hold on to what God has said over me and what is true about me? You are called and you are chosen and you are, you are gift, you're the apple of his eye. He has a, he has a purpose for your life. He has a, do, I, do I hold on to what he's said over me or to what I'm feeling about me right now? Do you know one of the biggest things everyone wrestles with? It's called insecurity. I don't think I got what it takes. I don't think I can, I don't know if I'm, oh, and it's just not, stop giving so much validity to what you feel and start leaning into what God has already said. 
Hold on to the promises over you. Come on, you see what I'm saying? So we have to learn, guys, that self-control and emotional health give us the ability to feel and express a, and manage a range of positive and negative emotions. They're going to be inside of you, okay? You can't necessarily get them to go away. Can I, and I, I want to help give you, some of you hope, you need to understand this. Like, emotions are like, like waves of the ocean. They can surge up and try to really push you into making a decision. And, re- and you give it some time. Just hold on because they'll also recede back. Okay? And there's moments where you just got to hold on because your heart is emotionally filled with rage and filled with, with hopelessness and filled with doubt and filled with, right? But hold, give time. Maturity goes, this isn't right. Don't make decision. Hold on. I'm going to be okay. And it's let, eventually that emotion will fade back. And you hold on in those things. Emotional health gives us the ability to feel and express and manage this range of stuff happening inside of us. It's the maturity to put emotions, watch this, in their proper place. So emotions, watch this, are not the guiding factor in my life. What's the guiding factor in my life? Emotions are not the guiding factor in my life. Truth is. Emotions are not the guiding factor in my life. God's word is. You see, emotions aren't the the guiding factor. I don't make my decisions. I make my decisions on what Jesus says and what actually is true. So maturity takes place when instead of submitting to my emotions as truth, this is so important, instead of submitting to my emotions as truth, I'm going to submit my emotions to the truth. Did you hear me? I'm not submitting to my emotions as truth. I'm submitting my emotions to truth. I'm going to find out what is truth. So what happens is this. Emotions become a gauge I check, not a boss I obey. So they're a gauge I check. Check them. Check them. All of a sudden, I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, I'll just pick one, a marriage. (laughs) And your spouse says something to you. And your emotion goes, like just anger, right? And, and, and so I can't in that moment let my emotions get the best of me, say a bunch of dumb things that I'm going to later regret, do a bunch of dumb things I'm going to later regret, live this big emotional thing and get all irate and read it. I could, I could obey them or I can do what's actually the mature thing to do and what God is trying to grow us through. Emotionally healthy is I just check them. I don't obey them. Checking them means this. Gosh, I'm really angry right now. And instead of responding to the anger in me, I'm going to go on a walk and check my emotions, right? I go on the walk and I go, here's here's how I'm checking them. Why is that there? What is it that they're doing that is triggering within me? What what is that? And and how how can we actually move past this? How can I, because it does make me angry. And I'm not ignoring that. I just want to handle this properly. I'm going to check it. So what it's telling me is there's something that needs to be fixed, either inside of me or inside our marriage, and maybe we need to go get counseling. Maybe there's some patience I need to learn. Maybe I'm going to check them and, and, and learn to, to not just obey them, but to kind of listen and then curb them, right? I check them. I check my emotions. I, I, I feel like quitting and throwing the towel, and, and I have this emotion thing. That I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to let it play out and, and have the day and win the day. I'm going to check it. Why do I feel like that? Let's get down to the bottom of this. Like what, what's going on that makes me feel so insecure in this, in this arena? What, maybe it was the way that 
you know, some things that have happened in my life that kind of forced me. You see what I'm saying? I, I check them, not obey them. They're a gauge to check, not a master to obey. So now when my emotions surge in a certain direction, I give them my attention, not my submission, and, and, and I, I actually start to make some healthy decisions. Because emotions are fickle, everybody. Sometimes my emotions can help me walk in truth. They can. I feel like it today. I've, and sometimes it helps me. Other times, they're not being helpful. They're actually pulling me from what it is I should be doing, you see? So I got to put them in their proper place. It's not to say that we ignore our heart. It's just that we don't always obey our heart. And to do that, here's what you need to do. Ready? Write this down. Own your heart. So practice self-control. How? You got to own your heart. Own your heart. Here's what, I, here's what I mean by that. Realize that you have emotions. Emotions don't have you. Like that's your, that's your heart. You, you, can, you own that. It's, it's your heart. You're in charge of your heart. Not that I stop my emotions, but I can, I can own, own my heart, own my emotions and, and direct them, curb them to, to the, into the right channel, right? You know, we have to change the way we talk. Let me, let me show you how this works. Change the way we talk. I hear people. When I say I hear people, sometimes I'm even talking about myself, just so you know. Like, I, they put me in a bad mood. They, I was having a good day, and then all of a sudden, they said, and now they put me in a bad mood. Pause. Hold on. Don't give that kind of power away to people. They didn't put you in a bad mood. You chose to be in a bad mood. You, you responded to, and instead of when that emotion arose of like, I'm so angry and I can't believe it. When that emotion arose, instead of dousing it with truth and faith and getting in God's presence and, and helping curb it, you just allowed yourself to go. You gave yourself to it. You're in a bad mood because you chose to be in a bad mood. You improperly responded to, you know, whatever it is that triggered you over here. You chose that. They didn't put you there. Don't give people that kind of power. Don't, don't let people hold that. Up. They can't just push you around all day. Because I'm, I'm learning to be emotionally healthy. Okay? I can address the stuff that's happening in, inside of me. You would let that emotion win. It's not their fault. You let it win. And it's not that I'm not ever going to be a bad mood, everybody. Amen, Tatum? It's just when we feel ourselves surging in a wrong direction, maturity launches a counterattack, right? It, maturity directs our emotions into a healthier place. Maturity builds around it what needs to be built, not ignoring it, maybe even dissecting it, but then directing it. Why am I, why am I allowing myself to be so bummed out? Right? And sometimes you can't do that in, in yourself. You need to get some people around you to talk to. I got a whole group of Guys that I could talk to about everything that, that I got going on inside me. I'm going to be honest with you, just, like, just so you know a little bit more about me. I, I am more of the artist type. I'm a little bit more emotional. Come on, Tatum, right? Like, can I get more amens from the front row? Like, amen. I am. And so I feel things deeply. Like, I really, really do. And when I first started out in ministry, it's just very much, I can't believe they said that about my whole week would be ruined because somebody tweeted something back in the day or blog. we used to have people blogging about us when we were in Canada I'd read, oh my gosh and just blind my whole my emotions and everything and my wife is like 
tough as nails, like nothing, but I've never met somebody who does not wrestle with insecurity. My wife is, doesn't wrestle, she's the most secure person I know. You can say whatever you want, she's like, I know who I am in Christ. I, I don't need you to, right? And so she actually taught me how to have a, a soft heart and some thick skin, right? Like just learn to kind of, I don't even know where I'm going with all this, I'm just letting you know that I've wrestled with this stuff, right? Because I let sometimes my emotions get the best of me. But I have got to, and I wanna pass this on to you, and it's what scripture teaches us, to when we're wrestling with stuff, sometimes you can't on your own curb that heart in the right direction. I've built around my life a bunch of guys I could call and talk to. Hey, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm wrestling with. Here's what's worrying me. Here's what's concerning. Here's what my anxiety is right now. Would you, hey, help me do what I need to be doing inside of me and direct me back to what Jesus says over me. Help direct me back to faith. Help me direct me back to hope. Help direct me back to the call of God in my life. Help direct me back. And I put some people around me that are there. They know. They can feel it. They can watch it in me. They call it out of me. Say, hey, what's happening inside? Let's talk about it. And help me do what I sometimes can't do on my own, which is to own this heart, direct this heart. Hey, here's what, here's what David did. Watch David do this. I want you to watch in Scripture what I'm talking to you about actually take place. You ready? In Scripture, Psalm 42, 11, David says this. He's having a super bad day. He tells us in Psalm 42 that tears have been his food day and night. His enemies are taunting him. He's feeling all these things. And here's what he says in Psalm 42, 11. In the midst of all of that, he says, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Watch what David is doing. Old Testament, he, this has been going around for a long time. He's having a bad day. He's having a bad week. He's found himself in the middle of a 2020. He's got himself in the middle of, you know, some 2021. He's got the job issues. He's got enemies on every front. And his soul is downcast. I'm just so bummed out. And what he does is a couple things. Watch. He owns his emotions. He doesn't ignore them. He doesn't act like he's, like, just fake it. He's like, no, this hurts. And what does he do? He brings it to God. And he starts talking to his soul. Why? Because he owns his soul. So you're, it's, you got to get this stuff out. It's okay to talk about it. You give it to God. God, I'm just frustrated right now. God, I, God I'm feeling this right now. God, God I'm, I, I'm feeling like I don't have enough right now. God, I, and he's getting it all out. But as he does, he then owns his heart and starts talking to it. He's like, why am I so downcast? You know what it is? It's because I've lost, lost hope. Some of you are bummed out and you're down because you just lost hope. And so here's what David does. Is he owns his heart. He starts talking to his heart. He starts, remember, I talked about curbing his heart, changing his heart, and here's what he says. He talks to his heart, he talks to his soul, he says, put your hope in God. Come on, he's talking to himself, put your hope in God. Praise him right now, come on. And he talks to his heart, he trains his heart, and here's what he's saying to himself. Although I might not feel like there is hope, the truth of the matter is that in Christ there's always hope. In God there's always hope. And so I'm going to allow myself to, to focus on the truth Instead of my feeling, what it's going to do is pull my downcast soul out of this place of misery and help me move toward praise again. Yet will I praise him. My emotions want to bum out and kick around, and, but yet will I praise him. Why? Because the truth is that there's still hope. The lie has been in my heart that it's all over, but the truth is there's still hope. Listen, I want to tell you right now, there's still hope. Learn to tell your heart what's up. 
okay? Remind your heart how good God is. Remind your heart who's in control. And let me give you this last one. So own your heart, and we'll close with this. Watch, fix your eyes. Do you know that, do you know that the word for eyes, or the word for mind and heart, what you think about and what you're feeling, they're, they're intrinsically connected in scripture. Like a lot of times, the word used for mind is also used for heart. The word used for heart is used for mind. They're interchangeable because they flow with each other so closely. And what you need to understand that where you focus is going to end up determining how you feel, okay? Where you focus will, will lead your, your emotional state. You can put yourself in a really bad mood really quick. How? Let me help you. Let's all think about right now all the things we don't have. Think about everything you want right now and you don't have. Come on, I'm gonna just talk, I'll, I'll talk about it. Like there's some things I want right now and I don't have, right? Like I want somebody to come finish the flooring project I started at my house and realize that it's way too much work for me to do. And now I'm stuck with floors ripped up and like tons more work to do. So that's what I want right now. And so I'm just kind of bringing that up, hoping that anyone here feels inspired. If so, just let me know. And I'm looking for free because I'm trying to save money. That's why I'm doing it, kind of doing it, hoping I get it done. I don't know, right? Like, like think about the stuff you want and you don't have right now. Like I want a new house and I want a new car and I, I want this. I want to find my man, girls. I want to find my girl. If I, give it, and I, just want, I don't have it and I'm so bummed out. And you could really, like, we could all sit here right now, and for the next 10 minutes, we get ourselves, we walk out of here all depressed. Like, oh, my gosh, this is just the worst. Why? Because I'm focusing on everything I don't have. Hey, let me help you get in a good mood. Right? Let me, let, well, how? Well, the Bible says whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever of, what is ever of worth, focus on those things. Okay, so now let's turn my mind to what I do have. Oh, Goodness, remember? We got breath in our lungs. We got a roof over our head. We got a, we got a great church. We, like we, got, we have a, 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 a good shepherd who sits on the throne who's promised to lead us and guide us. We, we've got, listen to what, what David said in the book of Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He just reminded himself, the Lord's my shepherd. What do we got? I got the Lord as my shepherd. And therefore he says, I shall not want. I don't need anything else. I got it. And all of a sudden you start lifting your mood because your mind is, you see, Fix your focus. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You're going to write this down. You're going to memorize it. You keep him in perfect peace. Gosh, I want perfect peace. How do I get to perfect peace? You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When I get my mind on him, my emotions follow into a place of peace. When I, when I recognize truth, when I, come on, you follow what I'm saying? My heart follows with this, with this peace. So where do you find yourself focusing today? I, I love Paul the Apostle. Like, you can't keep him down. You can't, no matter what's happening to Paul the Apostle, he's like, I'm good. Like, Paul, you're in prison. I'm good. Paul, Paul, they're threatening to kill you. It's all good. It's all good. Because to live is Christ, to die is gain. What? Like, you can't keep the guy down. Like a, like a healing balloon. You push it down, and just come right back up. You push it down, come right back up. So here's what Paul says. In the, book of, in the book of Philippians. Paul says this, I have learned. Someone say it, I have learned. Say it with me, I have what? Learned. In other words, this didn't, it wasn't just, I didn't give my life to Jesus and the next day it just happened. I wasn't born like this. I've learned it. I've trained myself. I, I've worked at it and I've come to a place, watch, I have learned that in whatever state I am to be content. No matter what I'm facing, 
No matter what my emotions are telling me, no matter, I'm just, I'm a, are trying to pull me in. I've learned to pull them back to a place of content. I'm good. I know how to be abased. What's that mean? I've got nothing at all, zero, can't pay the bills, wondering how rent's gonna be. I've learned how to be abased. I, I, I've also learned how to abound. Like I've, I could be in a palace. But he says, whether I'm abased or whether I'm abounding, I'm good. He goes on to say this. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. I know how to do full. Fine. Take it all from me, and I'm still good. I could do hungry. I, I could do abound, and I could also suffer need. Why? Why? Watch this. Paul, teach me. Because I want to learn that. I want to learn to have this emotional health within me that I'm, that I'm just, I'm just learning to be content. Like, I'm good. I'm not being pulled around. How, how did you do it? It's all about where you fix your, your focus. Are you looking to your emotional state to direct you? Are you looking to your insecurities? Are you looking to your circumstances? Are you, Paul's like, no, I don't look to those things. Here's where I look. Watch. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says, here's why I got my eyes. They're on Jesus. Not my insecurities, Jesus. Not my circumstance, Jesus. Not my checkbook, Jesus. Not my, right? And he just keeps going. I bring it all back to him. And therefore, I'm good. Content. I'm emotionally stable right now. And that's maturity. That you learn. Guys, give yourself permission to learn it. Just grow in it. You're not going to walk out of here after one message and be like, I got this all figured out. And my emotions don't rule the day anymore. And I don't blow up anymore. And I don't, right? And I don't just walk through these, in, just clouded by depression all the time. Like, like it's a learning process. Um, and I realize that there's, there's some of you wrestling with deep, deep, deep emotion. Things that, like with depression. And I want to I want to remind you that it's a wave, it surges in, and then it will recede, and you need to hold on. And when those emotions surge in, I, I need you to listen. Listen, don't make decisions on those things. Get some other people involved in helping to curb and direct what's happening inside of your heart. You need to get outside of yourself. You're stuck inside of here. You need to break out and get some other people around you to help you with what's happening inside of here. Help bring you to the Lord. Help remind you of truth, okay? You've got to get some people around. It's very, very important to help you fix your eyes again on Jesus. Peter, Peter knew what it was, and he learned quickly how important it is to keep your eyes on Jesus. Do you remember Peter? Jesus comes and walking on the storm, and they're freaking out. They're, they're sailors. They know how to handle storms. But this one's so big, they're kind of scared and they don't know if they're gonna make it. And Jesus comes, watch this, walking on the very thing that's threatening their life. And, and Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, call me out to you that I might walk on the water with you. God, I wanna do, I wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna learn to walk on the things that are threatening me. I wanna learn to walk above the storms. I wanna, God, Jesus, if that's you, call me out. So Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on the water. Why? Because his eyes are fixed on Jesus. And he's now walking on the very thing that was threatening him. There's just this strength that doesn't come from him. It comes from the one he's looking at. And all of a sudden it tells us that 
he changed his focus somewhere in this whole process. And all of a sudden he started to notice the waves because they didn't go away. And the storm, it didn't go away. And as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and put him back on the storm, he started to sink once again. And I need you to understand this this morning. When you take your eyes off of Jesus, your emotions are gonna start to sink all over again. And Jesus reaches down and pulls him up out of the water. He's there to catch him when he falls. Jesus is always there to catch you when you fall. Let's try this again. Keep your eyes on me. I don't promise that the storm's gonna go away, but I will promise that you can walk on whatever storm does come your way because I'm with you in the middle of all of it. Amen? I'm with you in all of it. Hebrews 12, 12, last verse. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Do you notice what's happening in the scripture? Jesus says that he endured the cross, he endured the pain, he endured the sorrow, he endured the hurt. How? By fixing his eyes on the joy that was set before him. Who is the joy that set before him? You were. You were. Watch what's happening. Jesus is saying, I fixed my eyes on you in order to endure the cross so that now you can fix your eyes on me to endure whatever cross you might be facing today. I put my eyes on you, my joy, so that now you can put your eyes on me, your joy. I was so wrapped up in who you were and what, what needed me that I pressed through whatever this world would try to throw at me so that you now can put your eyes on me, your joy, and press through whatever this world would throw at you, whatever your emotions would try to pull you toward. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Can I get a better amen? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. So where are your eyes fixed this morning, friends? Learn to engage in this process that Paul did of, of, of growing. I've learned to be content. And we'll all do it together. We're all growing. This is what maturity looks like, right? Kids run around and do whatever they feel like. But as we mature, we learn to take control of this to bring it before God, to keep our eyes on him in the middle of all of it. My emotions aren't gonna win the day. Truth is, right? Jesus is. In Jesus' name, amen.